I was studying and trying to see which way God would lead me on Sunday nights. Uh, I'd finished up Hebrews 11, and uh, I began considering what God would do. And, um, and, and really, in the next few weeks, I'm going to begin a series probably uh, from one of our New Testament books, one of the little epistles uh, that we're going to look at. But I was, when I was looking at the calendar, I realized that like next week we're, we're having a children's emphasis, I believe. And then the next week we're having, we're all for Mother's Day. Oh, did you notice this morning, nine o'clock service? I said something about the wise, but I said wives instead of wise. Nobody even said anything to me about that afterwards. I thought that might've been a Freudian slip or something other at that point. But anyway, so we got Mother's Day coming up, uh, <clears throat> on, on the next next Sunday. <clears throat> May have to have you get some water for me, Jason. <clears throat> I mentioned the wives and you see what happens. <clears throat> um, and then, uh, that next week I believe is, um, <clears throat> our picnic at the park. And then Memorial day weekend, that Sunday afternoon, I'm actually flying out, uh, for a church planning vision trip. So I'm not going to be here like, well, you're not all going to be here either for the next four weeks and different things going on. So I didn't really feel that it was necessary for me to start something tonight. So I kept praying, God, what do you want me to do? And it was almost like he just kept saying this week, when I was reading through different passages, it was almost like he just said, say thank you. Say thank you. And I said, Lord, what do you mean? I, you know, I was reading through and I came to Psalm 103. And I know I, when I was reading, it said some pastors use this uh, text for Thanksgiving and around Thanksgiving to talk about gratitude and gratefulness. But you know, that shouldn't just be a one time a year emphasis. That should be an attitude of our life all the time. God has called us to not only participate in Thanksgiving, but he's called us to participate in thanks living, if you will. In other words, every moment of our lives, we should be conscious of what God has done for us. And we should be living in a spirit of gratitude. We should be living in a spirit of thankfulness. And, and that's really just tonight, as I was looking through this, most people believe King David penned these words. And you just see a heart of thanksgiving. And it's a testimony. As Patrick was talking about earlier, about the personal nature of a testimony and the power of it, Listen to this as King David gives his testimony of thankfulness and gratitude. Beginning in verse 1, it says, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. He's talking about worship, praise of God, of looking at who God is, and just with everything that he has, he says, I want to bless the Lord. I want to praise him. I want to worship him. He says, I do not want to forget his benefits. Now think for a moment to forget. For uh, I, I don't know about you, but I, I, I'm getting more forgetful as I'm getting a little older here. Uh, I mean, my, my children, I don't know if this really qualifies qualifies but my children laugh at me and they're amazed actually when I call them the right name I think it was one day this week I actually called one the first time the right name I, I usually get there but I'm talking about the first time 
you know, my mind, the things that I can forget, you know, I will uh, walk to the refrigerator, open the door and think, what did I come over here for? It, isn't it something? Isn't it something when you just seemingly forget different things? And sometimes it can be, it just, just whatever your mind gets on other things and you're thinking about other things. It says, forget not his benefits. Now it could be just neglect or it could be intentional. It could be neglect or it could be intentional. He says, I want to bless the Lord. I want to worship him. I don't want to forget all the benefits, all the blessings that he's provided for me. I want you to note that he really speaks about individual personal blessing. Then he speaks about collective blessing. And then he speaks about like just universal blessings. Notice the progression of this in verse Three, it says, who forgives all your iniquities, who heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from destruction, who crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercies, who satisfies your mouth with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. In those verses, it's as though he's talking about personal blessings, individual benefits that he's, he's received forgiveness and he's received healing and he's received all of these things from God. Now, David in particular, he knows what it's like to experience the forgiveness of God. He knows what it's like to be broken. He knows what it's like to have disobeyed. But he knows what it's like for God to bring restoration to the relationship and forgiveness and blessing. He says, he forgives all your iniquities. Usually when you see the word iniquity in the Old Testament, it means something like crookedness or warpedness. Even when, even when our minds are just crooked in, 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 in their thinking, as we come to him and repent and ask for forgiveness, haven't we always seen God be more than willing to forgive us? When we express the heart of Psalm 51, we have seen a God who is faithful to forgive and to bless and to demonstrate his goodness. And Patrick was asking a moment ago about all those of us who have been redeemed. If there were no other benefits in this world, if there were no other benefits, but just the benefit of forgiveness and redemption, we would not have enough time to sing his praises just for that simple benefit and blessing that he brings to our lives he says i recognize the forgiveness that you've given to me and look that is something that is intensely personal it is something that is intensely individual uh, that we understand of where we were and what god has done who heals us of our diseases who is not only concerned about us spiritually but who listens to us and is attentive to us and looks after our physical needs redeems our life from destruction crowns us with loving kindness and tender mercies get this verse five who satisfies your mouth with the good things the good things he takes care of us even the physical things of this life i i never deserved to touch a lemon ice box but oh god was good you know God has given us, he provides for us. That's what he's saying. He provides. He provides even for the things that we, everything that we have has been given to us by God. 
and he has blessed us. And he always seems to meet our needs, doesn't he? He never promised to meet our greeds, but he always promised to meet our needs. And he always has. In my life, I was told you a moment ago, I was reflecting. I was sitting there thinking about this passage and singing that song. And I was thinking to myself, God's always taken care of me. Better than I ever deserved. Even materially blessing me, physically blessing me. Better than I ever deserved. Whether I was uh, in college and trying to get through my studies and also uh, pastoring and doing different things. God was always and always has been there. Leslie and I, we, we used to, uh, we, hear, we heard others who were struggling so much and they were going to seminary and sometimes we would hear them talk about things. I, we, we heard one, uh, one guy one time talking about how, you know, when they were at the seminary, all that they had, all that they really could survive on seemed like peanut butter and crackers. That's all they could afford. Now, look, I love peanut butter, you know, but peanut butter and crackers are all they had, and, and they just, it was rough on them. Leslie looked at me, and she said, Reggie, we, we never really experienced that. Maybe we should have. I said, hush your mouth. Don't even, don't even go there with God. He's, just say thank you for what we have had. Now, I love peanut butter, right? But I'm pretty thankful that he's taking care of me in, in other ways. I mean, beyond measure beyond measure and it wouldn't matter where i was or what was going on whether whether i was making a couple hundred dollars when i started out at canaan baptist church and getting through and all god always took care of me the money everything else just all is always there whatever i needed david says this is the god who satisfies our mouth with good things he takes care of us and yes, he restores our strength and our energy. It reminds us of Isaiah's words about how the youth will faint, but God through his strength would raise them up on eagles' wings. So, so much a reminder of what Isaiah will say. So that your youth is renewed like the eagles. How many times have we felt like our energy was dissipating. It was slipping away. Just energy for life. And God, in his own way, brought renewal and refreshment. Um, you know, right now in my life, I think in my family's life, uh, through the last few months of God's call here and what he's doing, we've experienced a sense of renewal and revival and refreshment. We didn't even think that we needed. You ever been there before? And all of a sudden, his spirit just revives and renews. And David says, this is how I've been blessed individually. Okay? That's all individual there. That's all personal. Continue to read through. The Lord executes righteousness and justice for all who are oppressed. He made known his ways to Moses. He acts to the children of Israel. The Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in mercy. He will not always strive with us, nor will he keep his anger forever. He's not dealt with us according to our sins, nor punished us according to our iniquities. For as the heavens are high above the earth, so great is his mercy toward those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far as he, he has removed our transgression, transgressions from us. As a father pities his children, so the Lord pities those 
who fear him. For he knows our frame. He remembers that we are dust. Notice that this really goes back to the collective nature of God's blessing. Not just David saying, I know I'm blessed. But he looks around at the nation of Israel itself, the people of Israel, the the nation. And he says, my, how God has blessed us. We, his people, that he has not dealt with us just according to our sins. And Israel, look at their track record. It wasn't a very good one. It wasn't a very good one at all. When you look at Israel, you will see that there are moments where there's faith demonstrated, but there are many more moments when unbelief is apparent. And yet God has been merciful to the nation of Israel. And God has been faithful to them. He has blessed them. He remembers who they are. He has treated them as his children. The mercy of the Lord is from everlasting to everlasting on those who fear him. And his righteousness to children's children, to such as keep his covenant, and to those who remember his commandments to do them. He has been faithful to his people. Can we say that collectively he has been faithful to his people? That he has shown us blessing? You know, it's one thing again to talk about me individually and how God has personalized the blessings for my life. Just for a moment, think of how he has blessed. We could, we could talk about the church in general, but let's bring it on home collectively. How has he blessed us at Temple Baptist Church? Could we talk, could we stand tonight and give testimony after testimony of how through the years he has been faithful to us and how he has blessed us as a people? Even, even moments, even moments when our faith has failed, he has shown his mercy to us and he has been good. That's the reason not only individually we say, God, thank you, But collectively as a church, we need to gather in these kinds of moments and say together, God, thank you. You have been good. For us as redeemed individuals collectively, can you imagine, let's talk just, can you imagine all the sins of us, just us, okay? I know your Sunday night crowd, I built you up a moment ago, but there's still some pretty good sinners in this place, right? I could call names. If you don't host a home next week in youth, I'm going to call one probably, okay? But I'm going to do that on Sunday morning, next Sunday morning. The power of the pulpit, that's all I can say. But think all of the sins that we have carried at some point in our lives. If you were to just take the ones in this room, just the ones in this room, think about how he has taken those sins and he has cast them as far as the east is from the west. Collectively. It's a moment when we should say thank you. For his mercy. But not just collectively for the church. And collectively as God's people. But the universe in general. We, we see his blessing everywhere. When you continue reading down. In those um, last few verses. Verse 19. The Lord has established his throne in heaven. And his kingdom rules over all. Bless the Lord. You his angels. Who excel in strength. Who do his word, heeding the even the angels themselves should give glory to God and praise and worship. Bless the Lord, all you his host, 
you ministers of his who do his pleasure. Bless the Lord all his works in all places of his dominion. Creation itself should cry out in praise and adoration of God because of the blessings that creation itself has received from God. Do you see this? Do you see how David just, he he individualizes it, he personalizes it, he talks about the collective nature of Israel, he goes to the universe. He, He just says that all of creation should stop and bless the Lord and say thank you for what he has done. And I love the way David ends this. He he leads us through this progression. But note the final words. Bless the Lord, O my soul. He comes back. He comes back to his place in this in this response of gratitude. He comes back to what he should be doing. He started it kind of like that with a personal individual nature. He moved through all of these other things and he came back. And when he ends here, he says, but when it's said and done with all the universe singing praise with everybody else, he said, I want my voice counted. I want to, I want to know that I was in this. Bless the Lord, O my soul. I'm going to be a voice that demonstrates gratitude. And thankfulness. And that's where I hope my voice would be. And I pray that's where I hope your voice would be. In that group. That would express thankfulness and gratitude. For what he has done. We're going to pray together. We're going to pray together in just a moment. Then we'll ask you to stand. We're not going to sing a hymn tonight. I asked Jeremy a moment ago. Jeremy's going to come, and Alex and Miss Margie's going to play Great Is Thy Faithfulness. They're going to sing that song right where you are. If you want to come to the front, that's great. If you want to come to the altar and just bow down and say, God, thank you, that, that's great, okay? I want to encourage you to do that. But you don't have to do that. You could stop and stay right where you are. You could, you could stand. You could kneel. It doesn't really matter because it's not... Just the position that you assume physically. It is the position of your heart. And is this a moment for us as people just to stop? Just to stop. And while we come with individual voices, may God hear one voice tonight coming from Temple Baptist Church. And may he hear the thankfulness that we have for who he is and for what he has done. Tonight, we will not forget his benefits, but we will thank him for his blessings.